Patrick Mahomes is not the Michael Jordan of football. Patrick Mahomes is not the LeBron James of football. Patrick Mahomes is not this current version of Tom Brady or Joe Montana. Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. It's Patrick, he, he's his own thing, man. He is his own, own thing. Now, if you want to put him in conversation as far as the greats, do that. You have the power of choice to do that. But Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes and out there. He's not Tom Brady. He's not doing it the way Tom Brady did it. He didn't. Like, you remember when, man, when Tom Brady won his Super Bowls, it, it, there, was, there was nothing flashy. There was nothing like, oh, wow, everybody, let's just play like Tom Brady. No, I mean, of course you want to win, but also when Tom Brady was out there, when he won his first three Super Bowls, Tom Brady was a game manager. He was a game manager. And that's something that Cam Newton was dead, dead right on, dead right on. Because go back and look, man, death by a thousand cuts. That's moving methodical. That's game managing. That's game managing. You know, if it was boxing, I would say Tom Brady's style, you know, the game manager style at its peak, at its most elite, is Tom Brady. You know, just like what Cam Newton said, which I always believe is true. Like, if it was boxing, it's the style that they call Floyd May Mayweather. He's a technician out there, technical boxer. Or, you may, or if you're a wrestler, rest in peace to um, Chris Benoit. He used to always say, I am the greatest technical wrestler ever. He never said he was the greatest wrestler. He was the greatest technical wrestler. And he could do all the moves. He was strong and all that. But come on now. You, want, you didn't want to watch Chris Benoit over Stone Cold Steve Austin, over The Rock, Triple H, The Undertaker. I'm talking about back in the day. I'm showing my age if you see the direction I'm going in. <laughs> um, Incredible Hulk. I mean, Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan wasn't the best wrestler. Overall, he was the best entertainer. The best, you know, for his wrestling and promos and all that. He had all that. So with, and back with the boxing analogy, I went on to wrestling. I mean, Mike Tyson. Want to knock him out like Mike. <laughs> okay. Or, or Muhammad Ali. That's who people imitated. People wasn't imitating Floyd Mayweather because even though he won, and you got to still appreciate his greatness, to most people when you're watching it is boring. But it's like, hey, it's effective. Winning should not be boring, but depending on what the style is, it's boring to a lot of people. So when people see Brock Purdy out there, game managing, you know, he's making real good throws, real good throws. He's getting to the point. But last night we saw the difference between a game changer and a game manager. Tom Brady wasn't out there moving the way Patrick Mahomes does. And I'm not, and Patrick Mahomes wasn't even trying to be flashy or just it's it's just something that's just he just has that he just got that swag in his throws, man, and when he's moving, when he's playing. I mean, it's you can't teach that. You know, either you're born with it or I guess or you become a late bloomer and develop it, but you know, but He's winning differently the way Brady was winning. Okay. And, and here's another thing you got to factor in, people. 
Um, Kay Adams, the great Kay Adams, she mentioned it. And I didn't think about this. This man here has three Super Bowls. And they're projected to get back to the Super Bowl next year. He is the highest paid player on the team. Takes a big hit in the salary cap with his salary. Okay? And when Tom Brady was winning, what, what, what they were saying, he, he, he take a pay cut for the team. But what's, what you also got to factor in is that Giselle was worth half a billion dollars, probably worth even more now. So, of course, he can afford to do that. But you know what? He still made the choice, so I can't knock that. But the way – I can't say he's Bradying out there because it's a totally different style. He wasn't Bradying. He's not Michael Jordan out there. Like, like Michael, Michael Jordan in cleats, man, is, is – like, is, is Lamar Jackson as far as how he moved. Okay, or like what Michael or what Michael Vick was, you know, or Jerry Rice or something. Well, let me not disrespect Jerry Rice because Jerry Rice was Jerry Ricing out there. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Because see, with Michael Jordan, a whole bunch of wild plays, skillful and a whole bunch of wild plays to the point I want to be like Mike. Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. Like he's a kind, I think he's more of a combination of, if you want to say, somebody who is Bradying and MJing out there because it's, it's some wild moments, but it's like the fundamentals are there, you know, you know, and he's also um, death by a thousand cuts. If you know, he added that to his game. That's what he was missing when they lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers a few years back. He was trying to make that big play instead of psh, psh, do those short throws. Do those short throws, man. Death by a thousand cuts. Give your playmakers a chance to be playmakers. And see, the thing about it, with the, the difference between him and Brock Purdy is that Brock Purdy can game manage his ass off. Brock Purdy right now has yet to show that he's the game changer. And a lot of things factor into that. It's not because Brock Purdy don't, doesn't have the talent. We don't know that yet. He's going to be entering year three next year. Is year three or year four? One of them. And, you know, 31 touchdowns, 11 picks. But see, you're on a team where, you know, it's almost like, it's almost like Rajon Rondo, Boston Celtics. Like, we didn't see, like, a bunch of flashiness, like, from Rajon Rondo to see if he can take over and stuff until that year Kevin Garnett. Let me see. After the Celtics won the, I'm going to say the Super Bowl, after they won the NBA Finals, the NBA Championship, the next year KG missed the playoffs. You remember that? And then they had that epic, one of the most epic first round series ever when they went off against the Bulls. Because you had the Chicago Bulls. They had, um, who's that? Um, Derrick Rose. Was Derrick Rose a rookie? Ah. Had Derrick Rose, Ben Gordon, um, Luau Dang, Carlos Boozer, Joakim Noah. And you had the Boston Celtics. Everybody except for KG was out there. Okay. So the game was being played different. Like it was moving faster and all that. So you had um, Ray Allen, Ray John Rondo, Paul Pierce and them going up against those guys. Man, I think it went to seven games. That was that was one of the best first-round series that I've ever witnessed in my entire life. Okay. And Rajon Rondo was like behind the back, no looks, just in scoring and all that. So I'm like, whoa, Rondo, Rondo can ball. Because when they won the championship, now he was showing great poise and leadership. And I love what I loved about Rondo was when they won that championship. And this is how he, this is how he always played throughout his career. 
despite imagine being a real very very young player i think he was in the second or third year and you got kevin Garnett, ray allen paul pierce all three they're older than you they're in their primes or their primes is almost ending three hall of famers if they would have retired the year before they won that championship okay three hall of famers now i'm not sure if they all three would be first ballot or not but definitely hall of famers but um all three of them, yo, give me the ball, give me the ball. And it's like, no, you got to tell them no. I give you the ball. When I, here, here, run this play. Run the offense. Okay, that's game managing, but guess what? This also takes on leadership, and, and that's courage, you know, to tell those guys no. You know, because, you know, they they can have you out the league. They can just go to coach. Be like, hey, coach, raise your tripping. So with Purdy, Debo Samuel. Christian McCaffrey, okay, George Kittle. These these, these three guys, they're going to eventually be in the Hall of Fame, okay? And you got the guys on defense who like, hey, hey, young buck, hey, man, don't turn that ball over. They got studs on defense, man. They got all pro damn near on every position, okay? In some positions, they got a couple of potential all pros over there. So that's not that's not something that's real easy. Cause see, I, I remember Russell Wilson as a Seahawks fan. Russell Wilson, they was calling him a game manager, and I'm like, okay, he has game manager qualities, qualities. But also, Russell Wilson was a, a shorter version of Patrick Mahomes. When you look at their games, I remember Mahomes was drafted, and I'm like, I see a lot of Russell Wilson in him because when he hikes the ball, and you know, post play scenarios, even though he's scrambling, eyes are down the field. That's how Patrick Mahomes is. But he also was game managing and also in situations where it's like you cannot afford to turn the ball over. You got studs on defense. They take pride on that defensive side of the ball. So you cannot belittle what Brock Purdy is doing. He's doing it a different way than Mahomes. Now, it's quite possible the Niners, they'll be back. They'll probably be back there next year. Or at least they're going to be contenders. So it's not over for the Niners, man. It is not over, man. And as a Seahawks fan, I hate saying that. I want it to be over for them. Or at least I want my Seahawks to be contenders. But that was a hell of a game, man. A hell of a game. But Patrick Mahomes, man, is just Patrick Mahomes, and man. There is no, he is not Michael Jordan. He is Patrick Mahomes. And, and be, to be quite honest, it's possible, it's possible that he could go down um, greater than Michael Jordan. Yeah, for real. Because think about it, man. Well, I'm not going to say worldwide. But think about right now. Think about right now. The sports climax in the U.S. Football is king, man. Football is king. You know, and and I love basketball. I love I love baseball, but, but football is king, man. Like it's check this out. Majority of the people who watch football, they wouldn't want their kids to play football. They wouldn't want to be out there on the football field at all. But they're gonna watch it. It's, it's more gladiator-esque type sport. So a Super Bowl, I think, is more valuable than the NBA Finals or than the World Series. It is. I think it is. You know why? Look at the ratings. <laughs> All right? Look at the big they – they, they can make it a big spectacle. It's the perfect game for that. But um, Patrick Mahomes is just Patrick Mahomes, y'all. He's Patrick Mahomes. 
But what a game. I mean, what 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 more do you do, would did you want the 49ers to do? I don't know what else they could have done. I mean, what what the hell else could they have done? And see, and that's the thing, man, with the 49ers. I would say outside of them losing the Super Bowl to the Baltimore Ravens, what, 11, 10, 11 years ago? Like, even with the, with the Harbaugh teams and the Shanahan teams, they've had real great defenses. But their Achilles heel on defense has, has been, for the most part, mobile quarterbacks. I say that because, once again, as a Seahawks fan, hey, Russell Wilson, Harbaugh, Shanahan, whoever was the coach, oh, he always had, like, damn near 90% winning rate against the um, Niners. Niners fans hated Russell Wilson. They was like, damn, man, if it wasn't for that dude, man, you know. And so Patrick Mahomes, man, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, you know, mobile quarterbacks, they give the Niners problems because their defense, that's the perfect defense if you're going up against quarterbacks who traditionally stay in the pocket. But they're going to struggle against uh, – um, well, I ain't going to say the worst. Well, yeah, they're going to struggle against mobile quarterbacks. And, and you saw what Patrick Mahomes did. Like, Patrick Mahomes, he, he only runs when he needs to. He can run more, but he doesn't run as often as he used to run. But it's, he's still a threat to run. If he wasn't running, yeah. The Niners defense, yeah, they, shoot, they, they, they win this game by 15, 20 points. But when he starts showing that he can he going to run, they had no answer for it. They wasn't even looking for it. And they go show you, I mean, the threats they have at receiver, oh, especially tight end. <laughs> you better pay attention to that, dude. And, and, and kudos to the Niners defense. They did not allow Travis Kelsey to score. They was trying to get Kelsey the ball. Because if he scores, oh, the Swifties, they, oh, man, that. If Travis Kelsey would have scored a touchdown, the Niners lose this game by 25 points. Because. The crowd is going to get lit, all right? It's going to get lit. Do you understand? It's going to be like a beast quake or something. But the Niners, I mean, they, they – and Purdy did his job. He did his job. They was up 19-16, got them down the field, they kicked the field goal. Now, defense is your t- – you got to do your job, defense. You got to do your job. Defense could not stop Patrick Mahomes. Could not stop him. You know. Oh, don't tell me. Oh, the Greenlaw injury. That that was that was sad. That was sad. I I, I wish if your team get this far, I wish all injuries are you can we can just turn all the goddamn injuries off. But unfortunately we can't. We can't. That's not how life works, is it? But um Yeah, they the Niners, they I mean they Somebody had to win this game. This is the first Super Bowl that I recall ever watching where it went to overtime. And this and it went deep into overtime. But but that Chiefs defense was balling too, man. I mean, Christian McCaffrey made some awesome plays, but and Debo Samuel made some awesome plays, but you know, they didn't you know, they didn't just like dominate the game. Now you know, the Niners, they had to do that trick play. And that trick play almost didn't work. But, hey, almost doesn't count, right? George Kittle was shut out. They they shut him down. Yeah, he had a couple grabs. But, yeah, 
that wasn't a kiddo type game. You know, hey, but eh, that was a hell of a game, man. You know, I, I'm not a Niners fan or a Chiefs fan, but I was just feeling nervous because I'm like, man, I'm just imagining if I'm a Niners fan or if I'm a Chiefs fan, it's like I'm going to be very, very, I'm going to be completely exhausted once this game is over, especially if my team loses. It's going to be hard for me to sleep, especially if my team loses. <laughs> if my team wins, yeah, it's going to be, well, I might not go to sleep because I'm going to be so excited. But when your team loses like that, you want to go to bed, dream about something good, and just get 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 it, get it over it, move on to the next day. But it's hard to go to sleep because we'll be thinking about different scenarios. But there's absolutely nothing I can think about as far as, like, what could the Niners have done differently? I mean, they what I mean, what they should have put a, a spy on Patrick Mahomes, but then guess what? You put one of your linebackers spying on him, but then you free up Travis Kelsey. Or you free up some free up somebody in the slot. I mean, it's you know, and then you gotta focus on Isaiah Pacheco. So it's a whole lot going on. I mean, but hey man, they 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 it was a great game by both teams, man. Like and that's what you want. You know, everything was on full display. I don't think anybody choked. I don't think anybody's performance was disappointing. Andy Reid coached the game the way we expect Andy Reid to coach it. Kyle Shanahan coached the game the way we expect Kyle Shanahan to coach it. I mean, despite, hey, we saw the strengths and we saw their flaws, okay? But they coached, they performed the way they performed. Patrick Mahomes was Patrick Mahomes, and he did he was doing what Patrick Mahomes typically does. Brock Purdy was doing what Brock Purdy does. So, you know, like for 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 the people who 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 hate on Brock Purdy, you got to see, hey man, like the people who think Brock Purdy is a good quarterback, you see why they think he's a good quarterback. He didn't even turn the ball over, man. I mean, I thought he played a good game. He's a game manager, but he played a game managing game. And his style, they 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 almost won the game. Had the defense did their job against Patrick Mahomes, and I'm and I'm and I'm not saying that to like belittle the defense, but when you're playing the defensive side of the ball, it's your job to go out there and stop whoever's out there, whoever's out there. That's your job. They didn't do their job. They just like the kicker's job is their job to go out there and kick the game winning field goal. And if they miss the field goal, you're like, man, you had one job. So defense, you had one job. Stop them from getting in the end zone. You didn't do it. Okay. But both defenses played real, real good, real good. I mean, physical. It wasn't a lot of missed tackles. Wasn't a lot of missed tackles. You know, so they did what they were supposed to do. Run game, the Isaiah Pacheco, Christian McCaffrey, they, they did what they were supposed to do out there. All right? The, the receivers on each team, the team did what they were supposed to do. Now, we didn't get a big game out of Kittle, but that's – hey, man, and, and here's the thing. Kelsey didn't even get in the end zone. Okay? So, like, both defenses, they was doing their job. It's just like, you see the halftime show? Usher was doing what Usher's supposed to do. All right? Nothing more, nothing less. Like, like you know, you thought Usher was going to have a whack-ass performance? Hell no, nah, that's Usher, man. Usher motherfucking Raymond. Even the guests, you saw he, who he had on that. He had Luda, Alicia Keys, um, her, you know, they... They did their thing out there. Jermaine Dupri, Lil John. They they did what they supposed to do. On um, Will I Am, they did what they were supposed to do. Everybody did what they were supposed to do out there, and I think we got like a 
overall damn near a perfect experience as far as when you combine the halftime show or as far as you combine the, the actual play of the game. That's what, what was expected. I mean, but hats off to your Niners fans. Big part of me as a Seahawks fan, I'm glad you didn't win because that's less trash talk I got to hear from y'all. And then now I can continue to say y'all have not won a Super Bowl in, what, 30 years? <laughs> I mean, you know, you made it there two times, what, three times? You lost three times in a row. Hey, I mean, we made it there. Hey, we at least won one of them, right? And beat y'all in the NFC Championship game to get to one. Hey. <laughs> But yeah, I can withstand Niners fans telling me we're NFC champions over them telling me they're Super Bowl champions. But I wasn't biased in my pick. On the podcast, yeah, I picked the Chiefs. But then it's like I had a change of heart. I did. I recorded that episode on Thursday. But like I said, man, it changes every day. And on the YouTube channel, yeah, I, I, had, I had legit reason to pick the Niners. And I, and I legitimately felt like that Christian McCaffrey was the key. And he was the key. He did play like the key. But, but yeah, man, it's, you know, hey, I'm not going to say maybe next year because, hey, man, my, my, my Seahawks, they, they young and hungry. And guess what, Niners, hey, y'all got to pay some folks. <laughs> y'all got to pay some folks. And eventually, you're going to have to pay Brock Purdy. You have to play Brock, play, pay Brock, Brock Purdy his money. And that's going to be the key thing, people. Y'all remember when Dak Prescott was on that rookie contract and it was like, oh, man, you know, he got more props when he was on a rookie contract and he was outperforming the contract. But when it was time to pay him, that's when people started hating him. Even Skip Bayless, when it was time to pay this dude after that rookie contract, he was like, well, he hasn't done all that and blah, blah, blah. But he was trying to, you know, he was saying Dak Prescott could be a top five quarterback and all that, but you don't want to pay him top five money. Y'all going to have to do that. Y'all going to have a decision to make with Brock Purdy. You are. You're going to have to have a decision to make with him. And I, and I think he is their guy. He fits their style. If they stay with that identity, you know, now Christian McCaffrey is not getting any younger. And I love to see him play because the more you see Christian McCaffrey out there playing and your Saquon Barkley's, you know, that's beneficial for the running back position. But after, after Christian McCaffrey and Saquon, you know, it's only a few handful of running backs out there where they are the number one back, you know, because everybody want to go to running back by committee. And that's fine, but, you know. But, yeah, man, it, that was a perfect Super Bowl outing. Um, you know, but the game, man, like, if it has me nervous, if you're nervous watching that game and your team is not even playing, oh, yeah, that that's when you know the stakes are high. And it's like you are you are highly tuned into the game. I love it. Yeah, but saw, saw some real good commercials. Real good commercials. Um, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. The commercials, they don't hit the same the way they used to back when I was a kid. Well, not just as a kid, but even as a teenager in my early 20s. But I guess because, you know, a lot of times it depends on the on the audience that you have with you. So growing up, man, we used to be at my grandparents' house. We all would get together, watch the Super Bowl, all of us. And it's like those commercials hit different because you got everybody react, reacting and the commentary to it. And, you know, now I'm not, you know, 
everybody's out doing their own thing now. So, it's, but my, my kids, they, they're getting into watching football and the Super Bowl. My wife, she watches the halftime show. She doesn't really watch the game or whatever. But um, the, the commercials, they, I don't know. I don't know if it's the audience that I'm sitting down watching with or if it's just the commercials in itself. But see, I hear from other people who says the same thing. So I think it's mostly the commercials because a good commercial is going to hit no matter what. They're just like, the, I, the what's up? And the, I love you, man. And I love you, man. You know, the I love you, man guy who's trying to get your beer. And the but, why, er. You know, those commercials, you know, hit different. You know, but no matter the audience, you could be at home by yourself. That commercial going to hit. But anyways, I love that Beyonce commercial. With the 5G, she's trying to break the 5G. I thought that was a dope commercial, man. I that was one of my favorite ones. That one was was real cool. Um, I, I enjoyed the Dunkin' Donuts one with uh with Ben Affleck, J Lo, <laughs> Matt Damon, and um Tom Brady. And I'm like, what's crazy? I'm sh- I'm shocked, but not shocked that when he, it was like, see, he introduced Tom Brady first. But when they said they had the Boston Massacre, and I'm like, okay, well, Matt Damon somewhere around the corner. And then, then they introduced them. So I like that, you know. But um, yeah, man, I, I like that commercial. That was a real good commercial right there, man. That J Lo is like, we have this talk. You're not getting on my album, you know. So that's that's funny. That's funny. That's funny, man, because she can get away with not including Ben Affleck on her album. But he cannot get away. He can't get away with if he because he's he directs movie. If she wants to be in that movie, he can't get, he can't get out of that. That would end their relationship, probably, you know. But here's the thing: she's also a better actress than he is at singing and dancing. So, understandable why she would be able to get away with that. But I enjoyed that commercial. Saw some saw some awesome movie trailers. That Deadpool three. Check this out. Check this out, man. So, like forty five minutes before the before the game, had a grocery pickup. Okay. And get home, and, 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 and you know, I, I was going fast forward to commercials, but I'm like, I'm going to watch them because I want to catch that Deadpool 3 trailer in, nat- nat- in natural reaction time. And, you know, my son, my oldest, he was saying, all right, Dad, I'm about to go to bed. I said, good night, son. And I was like, man, I'm still waiting on this Deadpool 3 commercial. Now, this is in the fourth quarter of the game. He said, Dad, they been showed that. I'm like, when? I'm like, oh, it's online, but they didn't show it on TV. You're like, they showed it on TV. I say, when? He say, when you came back. And I say, why the hell didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me that? And he said, I told you. Then my response was, what was my response to when you told me? Well, you didn't say anything. That's because I didn't hear you. You know, I would have responded like, oh, snap. We got to watch the Deadpool 3 trailer. But anyways, it's all good. I should have heard him, you know. I probably got to get my my hearing checked. So we watched, man. That trailer was fire. I'm gonna tell you something. That that movie there is gonna make three billion. It's gonna make three billion people. It's gonna get a couple hundred of my monies because I don't have the. I can't afford to spend more than that on it because I'm gonna watch it probably a couple about three times at the movies probably. But that movie was fire. It was fire, man. I didn't realize to the end of the trailer that A.A. Ron Stanford, the guy who plays Pyro in the X-Men movies, he's in there. So I'm like, that's him. We all know about Hugh Jackman. Like, 
Man, it's like Ryan, Ryan Reynolds is going to do the doggone thing, man. I love that trailer. That and, and the Deadpool movies, it gives me what I want in the movie. Action. Witty dialogue. Okay. And more action and more witty dialogue. That's all I want to see. Make it make sense. Just got to make sense just a little bit. Don't question it. Don't squish the Sasquatch. But real, man, can't wait to see that. July 26th, you know where I'm going to be. Um, saw the Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. That is a long-ass title. Kingdom, they should have just called it Kingdom of the Apes. Because we, we know it's Planet of the Apes. If it's the Kingdom of the Apes, but then you know it's not the Planet of the Humans or the Alligators or the Lions. It's the Apes. Looks good. It looks real good. I mean, look like a typical Planet of the Apes movie is going to do Planet of the Apes type-ish. Like, it's just like when you're watching Patrick Mahomes out there, Mahomes, and I expect the apes to be out there aping. Okay, so that looked real good. Looked real good. Of course, typical battle. You know, I used to, we had a battle between man versus machine and stuff. Well, ape versus man. It's always going to be a power struggle, power dynamic on that. But I do think, you know, they should add other animals to that. You know what I'm saying? They should add, like, add some lions to that, man. What happens when the apes come across lions who talk? Oh, an ape. You know what? Let the planet of the apes, you know, because I, I think it's overkill when they do the apes versus the human storyline. I really do. I think they should add some AI to that. Yeah, you can do it where, okay, so now that the humans have been wiped out, okay, the apes, they got to deal with this AI. You know what I'm saying? They got to deal with this AI. Because check this out, y'all wiped out the humans, so you have no help with that. So now you got to deal with the AI. You got to deal with the AI shit. You got to deal with the machines and shit. Apes versus machines, apes versus AI. Let them deal with that. You know, or maybe the humans and the apes, they can team up against that instead of the, you know what I'm saying? It's just like with The Walking Dead, like if you do it incorrectly, it can get very, very dull. Because in The Walking Dead, now it was fine when it was humans versus zombies, but in The Walking Dead, it's too much humans versus humans-ish in there. But if they would just do it where it was just the humans versus zombies and the zombies evolve where it's like, you don't have time for this human versus human shit. Okay. So, you know what I'm saying? So, but that's what I think they should do with that. But I'm still going to check the movie out, but Hey man, we tired of that, man. It's time to do some ape versus AI or ape versus aliens. Okay. Because that's human shit we was dealing with. Let them deal with that since they're so big and bad and tough. Right? Let them deal with that. You know? Um, but what else? I saw another trailer. Um, Wicked. 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 That looks good. It looks okay. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the lady that's playing the witch, though. The reason why is because, like, she said, uh, she, you know, she referred to us African Americans here in, in America. She referred to us as being lazy and, and I and had some negative things to say about us. And I don't appreciate that. I don't like that. It's like, Okay. It's like, okay. I mean, that's just like, hey, um, if, if an actor or anybody was to be just talk, talk bad about, I think she's from British. 
from London talk about black people over there. That wouldn't be cool. But it's like, you know, you, you, you play you play African-American characters, but yet you want to talk about talk about us like that. So I, I don't think that's cool. I don't think that's cool. And some people are like, well, she was talking about somebody else. Well, refer to that somebody else as being lazy. Don't refer to, you know, a whole race of people. You know, that that's not cool. But um looks like Ariana Grande in there. I mean, it looks okay. I mean, I, I could go without watching that, but yeah, I'm I'm I I'm not gonna watch stuff that she's in. So yeah. You know, she played Harriet Tubman. You know what I'm saying? And it's like I I thought that I thought that movie was whack. It could have been a lot better. Harriet Tubman is an awesome person, awesome being. But they need to make more. I like the Harriet Tubman, the young lady who played Harriet Tubman in The Underground. I forgot the young lady's name, but I remember she was in The Shield, and she's in that show 911. Um, I don't know if it's the 911 the original version or if it's the spinoff. But yeah, I like. I liked her rendition of Harriet Tubman, and she should have played Harriet Tubman in the movie. I liked how she played. They did in, in Underground. Go check out that show, Underground, okay? Um, it's with um, Adonis Hodge, um, um, Jeremy Smollett. Um, real good show, real good show. Uh, check it out. But, um, yeah, they had the preview for that. Um, what, what else? It was a trailer for something else I saw. Can't quite remember it, but, yeah, but those... Those were the trailers I mostly remember, but uh, what was another good, what was there another commercial? I saw a lot of Timu ads. Like, Timu is on the rise, yo. Like, huh. My mother-in-law, she stops at Timu a lot. And it's like, man, this, I've never seen a Timu commercial on television prior to yesterday. And I'm like, oh, Timu's coming up. Watch out, Amazon. They coming for you. But I will say on the Wicked trailer, the graphics, the the whole scenery and all of that, it looks awesome. It looks incredible. If that young lady wasn't in, I forgot her name. If she wasn't in the movie, I'd definitely be like, okay, yeah, we'll check that movie out. But I, no, not going to get me to watch that. No. But um, I'm trying to think over some other good commercials that I like. Oh, the, the T-Mobile commercial where they had Laura, Laura Dern. Um, Will Fournette, um, Bradley Cooper, Common. You see Common trying trying to act like Denzel in Training Day. That was hilarious, man. I didn't understand what the hell he was saying, but I could tell how he was dressing his tone. That's what he was going for. I thought that was funny and creative. You know, we looking at the the lost audition tapes for people to be on T-Mobile to be the the, to do the T-Mobile commercials. I thought that was real cool, man. That was man. But yeah, they, they have some pretty good commercials. Pretty good commercials, you know. Um, I don't remember the commercials from last year, and that's interesting. So I wonder next year around this time, will I remember these the commercials from this year? I think I will. I'm not. I'm not talking about the trailers, but yeah, I think I will. Excuse me. Yeah, I think so. I think so. But hey, share your thoughts. What were y'all favorite? What was your favorite commercial during the Super Bowl? What did you like? 
But anyways, that's going to conclude today's episode of the podcast. Once again, thank you all for tuning in. I greatly appreciate you taking time out of your busy day to give my little podcast a listen, man. I greatly appreciate it. Um, So, oh, oh, also, hey, duh. Hold on. Oh, before I go, hey, people, guess what? The YouTube channel is at 1,034 subscribers. Thank you all. Thank you all. I know there's some of you who subscribe. And I know some of you who probably, you know, have multiple accounts and you still subscribe. So I appreciate that. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Thank you all for listening and tuning in. So, but we don't stop at a thousand people. Guess what? We're, we're going for 5,000. We are going for 5,000. That's the goal. We are going for 5,000 subscribers. Okay. That's going to be the goal by the end of this year. 5,000 subscribers. Who's coming with me? That's the goal before the end of this year. 5,000 subscribers, people. All right? So we're going to be locked and loaded. 5,000 subscribers. So that means I'm going to be bringing you more movie trailers. I'm going to be bringing you more movie reviews. I'm going to be bringing, bringing you more reactions to sports. Okay? I'm going to be bringing you more. More of my takes. I'm going to be bringing more. Because when you want more, you got to do more. And guess what? Guess what? I learned something new a couple weeks ago. It wasn't my first time hearing this, but it's a good refresher to hear it sometimes. Um, I believe, I forgot who said it, but yeah, Les Brown. He said, and I'm not saying he created this, but I heard him say it. In order to increase your success rate, you must, you must double your failure rate. So guess what, people? We about to, we about to quadruple the failure rate. All right, we about to be running and gunning. Hopefully, hopefully, I hope you stay along for the ride. But once again, thank you all for tuning in. Please hit the like and subscribe button. Share the podcast. Thank you all. Please keep listening. Student of the Game Podcast. Peace out.